0: Hello there, and welcome to Death Star Radio, a Star Wars podcast. I'm Lodizino Estrada, joined by my co-partner, my co-pilot, Christopher Howley. Chris, how are you doing today? I'm good. I'm glad to be here. How are you doing, Zeno? I'm doing real good. I'm super excited to start talking Star Wars with you. It's something I've been wanting to do for a long time, and
1: thank you for joining me. I appreciate it. Of course. I've been looking forward to doing this. We've We've kind of talked about this for a little while. We really so, have, yeah, so we're both students at the uh Walter Cronkite School at Arizona State. We're both sports journalism majors, so we've been talking about this for a while during our sophomore year of college here, and um yeah, we've just kind of been putting pieces together, see when we're going to finally do it, and today, today's the day, yeah, we thought no better time, you know, and
0: like what you said, something that we bonded over, uh, most sports journalism students are more into the sports part, obviously and you and me bonded through movies and obviously through Star Wars. You know, you're you're showing me slowly the Marvel movies and I'm showing you slowly the DC movies. And, you know, we're trying to find that middle ground. But I think that's what Star Wars is for us. And
1: now here we are with a, with Death Star Radio. Yeah, I was just glad to find somebody who is, I used to say a little bit as nerdy as me in a way. You know, you got that side of you that you don't ever want to really have come out until you meet somebody who can appreciate it. Uh, But so, yeah, I mean, I'm just glad we're glad we're here. And while while we're while we're introducing ourselves, why don't you uh, why don't you give everybody a taste of how you really got into Star Wars? Yeah, well, for me, it was my dad. You know, he
0: was he was there, you know, opening weekend for uh, what was just Star Wars at the time. And up being a new hope. And then, um, you know, he just absolutely adored it. It was something that he never seen before. So then when I was growing up he showed it to me and then he and i i really took off took off with it you know and for me it's, it's always been an escape it's always been something that i can get my mind off of things and you know the stresses of everyday life if you will and um just a place where i can get lost and just feel like a completely different person in this this galaxy that just is all there's always something new there's always something different and it, it's just perfect for the imagination so what about you chris
1: yeah, so in a way, it was kind of it, kind of the same way, except for it wasn't my dad. It was one of my best friends growing up. I, I mean, I guess it's kind of easy. I mean, speaking about how we bonded, the best way for me to get into Star Wars was through another person. We both we both uh, did it together. It was my friend Kyle in elementary school. We would go to his house after school. My parents would pick me up around five when they get out of get get out of work. But he just lived down the street from the school, so we'd walk there every day, and we play Star Wars Battlefront, talk about the movies, watch the movies, you know, all that type of stuff. Yeah. What The biggest thing that really got me into Star Wars, like that really solidified it, was going to see Revenge of the Sith with him. One of the, one of the best experiences I've ever had. And I was just so in awe that I was able to go see a Star Wars movie in theaters because the best Star Wars movies were obviously from the 70s and 80s and everyone was thinking about that. Revenge of the Sith, although not a perfect movie, has some great scenes in it, so as a kid, it kinda changed my life in a way and I think it changed it for the better. So we're uh that's that's kinda how I kinda started into this Star Wars whole
0: universe thing. Yeah, for me too. Uh Revenge of the Sith was the first movie I remember seeing in theaters and it just absolutely blew my mind. And you know, um Force Awakens too, obviously there was a bit of a hiatus for Star Wars after the prequel trilogy and then Force Awakens came back and it really just reinvigorated my passion for the for the series and you know i i couldn't say that i'm the fan that i am right now if it wasn't for that sequel trilogy and what it's done so far and you know we're obviously going to talk about our favorite movies a little later but um you know i'm just so excited to have this podcast and be able to talk about star wars with someone who loves it just as much as i do so i mean i agree yeah and a reason why we decided to do it now is because on may 31st uh something big happened in Star Wars, and it wasn't really on the silver screen, but it was at a theme park because Galaxy's Edge opened at Disneyland, and it's a amazing, immersive experience. We haven't gone yet. I think you and me are actually in the, in the process of planning a trip to Anaheim to go visit Galaxy's Edge very soon, but we've been watching videos about it. We've been reading articles, seeing people's tweets and Instagram posts, and it just
1: looks absolutely, absolutely amazing. Oh, yeah, no, I can't wait till we actually get this trip going and possibly end up getting there ourselves. But just seeing, it, I mean, once they announced it, I forgot what year they announced they were doing it. I mean, it seems like forever ago now, right? I, I mean, I always just thought Star Wars Land's going to be in construction forever and never thought it was going to open because it just seems so exciting. And when they announced that they were going to have the full Millennium Falcon and everything, and now that there's actually pictures of it and people going on the new ride, Smugglers Run and everything, it's just holy cow it's breathtaking and you're not even there i can't even imagine when i'm there if i'm probably i mean i'll i'm probably not the only person who's going to be doing this at disneyland over the next probably like five years you pay for your price to disneyland you just go straight there and you spend your whole day there i mean disneyland's been there for how long if you've been there you don't need to see the rest of it anymore (laughs) but um so yeah it has been phenomenal just seeing all of the the like you said instagram posts and tweets but Um, I'd love to run down some of the cool things that we, that we've have seen. And I mean, let, let's start it off with the, the ride. I I haven't seen much of the ride myself. The millennium Falcon smugglers run simply, Uh simply because I think you're in kind of the same boat here. I've seen some pictures of where you sit, you sit kind of in like a cockpit of the millennium Falcon and there's a Mm -hmm. couple seats there, but I have I don't want to see a video of the ride just simply because I want to experience that for the first time definitely. while I'm there. I don't know if you feel the same way but that's definitely me. No, uh I feel you exactly because
0: you know I've been watching a lot of videos of people going through and 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 you know walking around going to the the shops and the restaurants things like that and once they say okay let's go to Smuggler's Run um, skipping through that video. I don't even want to look at the queue for that line. I want to be able to experience that myself because it looks, it looks great, you know, and, and some details about the ride. Like what you said, you go into the cockpit of the millennium Falcon and there's six seats. So six people per ride, you got two pilots, two gunners, and two engineers. And the great thing about this ride is that it's really tailored to what goes on in that specific cockpit. Anything can be different because, you know, for all we know, I mean, I don't know the details of the ride because I don't want to know. But, you know, if the gunners miss their shots, that's not going to help. If the engineers can't fix whatever they have to fix, you know, if the pilot crashes into a wall or something or another starship, that's not going to be good. So, I think that's what's so cool about the ride that it's very that it's different every time you're going to go. Something different is going to happen, and you can get a different position, you know, every time you're on that ride, a different seat. So I think it's going to be a really cool experience. And every time that you go on somewhat like star tours, except star tours does get a little repetitive. Sometimes it's going to be different
1: every time you go. And I think that's pretty awesome. Yeah. And I think that's what they were shooting for was to kind of get the unique experience because I, like you said, star tours had kind of started to get pretty, they, they had the original star tours. They re they remodeled it at Disneyland and Tomorrowland and everything in there. And they, it eventually just got repetitive. Like, I, I wrote it, the last time I was at Disneyland, I wrote it probably three or four times. And I know there's there's a certain amount of different, like, missions you can go on in the Star Tours ride. And I think I got the same one two or three times. So it just kind of s- seemed repetitive after I went on it. And especially with how long the line is, that's a little disappointing. But um, I do like the aspect, like you said, that it kind of depends on how you perform while you're in the, in the cockpit. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I guess that's just it, it's an overall theme for that for pretty much for the land, the ride itself and the land itself. It's made for the Star Wars fan. That's just has immersed themselves in Star yep. Wars. It's mm-hmm. just they I'm sure there's so many things just in the line on the way to that ride that if you're a Star Wars fan, you're going to stand there and you're just going to you're going to be enjoying it. You'll, you may wait in line for two hours, but it, it won't matter. Yeah, because exactly. it, it you'll just love every minute of it and that's what Disneyland looks like they have created and as a Star Wars fan that really really is exciting. Yeah, and and like what uh Bob Iger said, who's the CEO of Disney,
0: that this is going to be one of the most immersive experiences in in Disney Park's history and you know, if you download the Disney Play app, uh there's a lot of stuff throughout the land that is in the language you know the language of black spire outpost on batu which is where uh this land is is located in the galaxy and you can just scan it you know you put your phone up to that that language you scan it and it translates it you know things like that that's going to be available through the queue and you know they've ri- i mean we haven't been there we hope that we're there soon but from videos it just looks absolutely amazing you feel like you're on another planet and you know, smugglers run is only going to be, is one of the two rides, you know, you're going to get rise of the resistance as well, which is going to be uh, one of the first trackless rides to be at a Disney park in America. So again, another immersive experience, another ride that's going to just take your breath away. You know, there's supposed to be two uh, full sized 80 in that ride, you know, and, and that ride's going to open sometime in the fall of this year or so. You know, once that opens as well, you're going to have these two rides and you're going to have all these other experiences you can go to throughout the park. And, you know, I just I can't I'm going to say it a lot of times on this podcast, but I just can't wait to get there.
1: Oh, no, I'm with you on that. And the fact that they're adding another ride and it seems that in a way, although it is supposed to be one outpost in the Star Wars universe, I like how it looks like they're going to be embracing every era of Star Wars with it with rise of the resistance, assuming that smugglers' run has something to do with Han Solo and chewie, maybe in between solo and a new hope, or maybe maybe a little you would assume it's something with Han Solo and around that time period so, yeah, well, well, let's hope so
0: you know i I had heard some things that maybe that's not the case, but I think with a ride like that. You know, obviously you're in this cockpit, but there is a screen in front of you. And just like Star Tours, it can be changed. So I wouldn't be surprised if maybe every now and then they want to throw something different in there. You know, they want to put you on a different, again, we don't know much about the ride because we don't want to know, but they put you on a different planet. Maybe it's a different mission. Maybe you're all of a sudden in this other era. You know, maybe you're you're in the Solo era, right? Before a New Hope, in between Solo and Rogue One, things like that so the ability to change that ride could be beneficial for them down the line if they just want to shake things up every now and then
1: yeah no i agree and like i was saying earlier i love how with rise of the resistance they're going to be embracing the the un, like the other one of the three eras if you want to consider it in star wars history with you know the one with the sequel trilogy as many people call it mm-hmm. and um i love how they're going to be doing that and like like I said it's just for the Star Wars fan that just pays attention to it all. Yeah. They they're just making it for everything and it's just great. It's fantastic. The the ride itself, all of the pictures. And like you said, you're going to say this a lot. I just cannot wait to get there cuz I I don't know I we may have to go multiple days cuz I really I don't know if I'll be able to survive just one day. Yeah, and especially, you know, Again, some more news about this.
0: Uh, reservations are required as of right now, up until June 23rd. And those reservations are gone. And even if you have a reservation, you can only be there for four hours. And I'm not too sure. You Like you said, you have to be there multiple days. I'm pretty sure a four-hour time period is not going to be enough to, not to at be all. able to truly, you know, enjoy it and to bring it in and to understand what you're actually in, you know, and... And as of June 24th, those res- that reservation system is going to stop, but there will be uh, sort-, sort of a virtual queue to get in. So you could go, you know, June 25th when that reservation system is unavailable. But on your Disneyland app, you can request to go to Galaxy's Edge. And if there is enough space, well, then you will be able to, um, to go in. If there's not, then you'll, you'll be in the queue and then you'll be notified when you can go and you'll have two hours to be able to go so i'm assuming that that queue is going to be filled up throughout the entire day the best time you're probably going to want to go is early in the morning once you know rope drop and you just run straight to to black
1: outpost yeah it's it's going to be insane it's going to be like black friday but at disneyland everybody running (laughs) toward one spot but it's i mean i i was talking to friends that have planned trips there fam like family that has planned trips ha- have planned trips in the future here it seems like this this one land is going to be busy for the foreseeable future and i'm not talking months i'm talking years oh yeah because i mean for some a trip to disneyland may not be that big for others it's huge so yeah. going to see star wars Land, like for me it's a little bit bigger even though i do live in northern california it's a little bit bigger I didn't see Cars Land when they built Cars Land. I was really excited for that. I did not see Cars Land for maybe three or four years after it came out. And it was still packed with people. That's just mm-hmm. because not everybody can get there the first, uh, the first year or two. So for a lot of, a lot of people, they're not going to be seeing this land for five or six, maybe 10 years. So yeah. it's going to be pretty busy. And I mean, I guess this is something people are going to have to deal with. And I think this, this queue system may work out. We'll see how it works out because, you know, electronics can always go down and that could be a big problem. But I guess that'll be a big test for Disney and the future of Disneyland as going forward. Yeah, and and also something that I wanted to mention is,
0: is what Disney did to even get the name of Black Spire Outpost out there because if you watch Solo with Star Wars story, there are two references to this land in the movie before this land had even opened. And one of them is when, um, when L3 is walking with, with Lando, this is when they first meet Lando and they agree on his percentage, his take to make the Kessel run. And he says, we're going to Kessel. And she's like, what if I don't elect to go to Kessel? And then uh, she says, you couldn't even get to Black Spire without me. So, and then, you know, uh, a little bit earlier, Kira tells one of the servants on, Uh, Dryden Voss's yacht. She says, have you been attentive to uh, Doc Ondor? Which is something that we're moving on to next, which is the shopping that's there at Galaxy's Edge because there is a store called Doc Ondor's Den of Antiquities. So it's something that sells uh, collectibles, if you will. There's there's busts of of famous Star Wars characters like the Emperor or uh, even like Padme Amidala, Princess Leia, things like that. So I think that's going to be a huge part of this as well. And we're seeing it already in, in a lot of photos that the merchandise is something that is going to add to that immersiveness of the park, but also just be able to, um to, to be good for a Star Wars fan.
1: Yeah, of course. And you speak of merchandise and everything, obviously they're going to have the Droid Depot where you build your own droid and Savvy's workshop where you're going to build your own lightsaber, which, I think it's kind of cool because ever since they came out with that in the Universal Studios where they like you can make your own wand in the Harry Potter land. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to lie. When I first thought of that, I did think a little bit like, what if you could build your own lightsaber? And I know Disneyland yeah. had it kind of, it was in one of the stores in Tomorrowland, but this is obviously probably going to be a little bit more in depth to your lightsaber because it will be in Star Wars land. But mm-hmm. I mean, the merchandise, everything down to the food, We'll get into the food later, but everything is going to be it like you said it's going to be like you're on another planet. The the stores, the names of places. Heck, I haven't seen pictures, but if the bathrooms aren't Star Wars themed, I'd be shocked. <laughs> yeah. So I I think this is going to be a really I mean, if Disney didn't need more money, I mean they they're, they're going to get a lot more now. Yeah. <laughs> so and I mean, I'd love to go more into this build your own lightsaber thing. I would like to know personally from you, maybe not anyone else wants to know, just you. What color would your lightsaber be?
0: Oh, man. Oh, well, again, more details on this. It's going to cost $200 to make your own lightsaber, which yeah. is a hefty price tag. Of course. But there's four themes that go. It, and that's a bit of a show as well. You know, you got about a 20 minute show and and while that show's happening you're making your own lightsaber and I think just the the atmosphere of it because this is you're on Black Spire Outpost which is controlled by the first order. So obviously they don't want Jedi running around. So when you get to Savi's workshop, it's actually a scrap heap and you tell people like, Oh, well, is this where you build the lightsaber? And they're like, Well I don't know what you're talking about. Like you mean this this scrap dispensary? You know, is that is that what you're talking about? And you're like, oh okay Yes, that's what I'm talking about. This is where we can like put a bunch of like scrap together, and they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So even that is is so much fun. But there's yeah. four themes to this, and there's peace and justice, power and control, elemental nature, and protection and defense. And for me, I'm more of a of a Sith guy. I like the Sith more than the Jedi. And power and control is cool. But looking at the pictures, I think the best looking one, and probably the one that I'm gonna make is elemental nature. I think just the parts of it and the way just again the theming, how good it looks, a lot of a lot of browns, a lot of greens, again like elemental nature. I think it's very cool and I definitely want to make that one. You know, if I'm willing to to go with that two hundred
1: dollar price tag. So of course. Of course. The the two hundred dollar price tag is going to be a hefty one after already paying the hefty price of getting into Disneyland. And we are college students. So exactly. <laughs> exactly. But, um, yeah, I've always thought of Sith in a way. I mean, I, I just wish the Sith had more colors to their lightsabers in a way. Mm. That's always been a thing to me. Like the Jedi, you know, they got the blue, the green. If you want to go base window, they got the purple. If you really want to get into it in the original Star Wars, Obi-Wan's looks white. But, um, I think the power and control for me is probably going to be it. I mean, yeah. how, how could you not power Exa- and yeah. control? That's exactly mm-hmm. what you want when you pick up a lightsaber. Yeah. It's just the, the name of it itself is just, I would, I'm all in It's it's got me, it's sucked me in. So <laughs> I, yeah, that would definitely be, be my go-to and you know, I'd probably have to make it green just because growing up, I, I always loved the green lightsaber with Luke Skywalker and everything. So that that's probably what I would end up going with. Yeah,
0: and even if you don't want to customize your own lightsaber, you can get uh, lightsabers from the most famous characters in the Star Wars universe. You can buy Darth Vader's, Kylo Ren's, Darth Maul's, Count Dooku's, Ray luke skywalker you know they're a little cheaper they're around 100 to 150 dollars, depending on which character but you can also do that you know and and you know not only is the lightsaber customizable you touched on it chris uh the droid depot you can make your own r2 unit or your own bb unit so i have to ask you ask me about the lightsaber chris i'm asking you what droid are you making r2 unit or bb unit so the
1: R two unit or the BB unit? You know, I'm not gonna lie. When Force Awakens first came out, I wasn't the biggest fan of BB eight just because I was a hardcore uh, original trilogy type type fan, and I loved R two D two and everything. But I think I'd have to go with the with the BB BB unit just because of how how fun BB eight has become as a come as a character in Star Wars. And I mean, how could you not what, like? I, I mean, wouldn't you want your droid rolling around there on the ground and everything yeah. more flexible and everything? I don't know. I just love the look. I mean, not, nothing on R2-D2, but I like the more futuristic look that BB-8 has going on. Yeah, but,
0: I have to agree with you. The BB unit, you know? Um mm-hmm. I, You know, I actually have a BB unit right now. I didn't customize it at Droid Depot because I haven't been yet, <laughs> but... I remember buying one at like the Disney store at my mall, you know, and, and it's awesome, you know, and I want to be able to make my own. I want to give him his own, his own number, you know, BB, whatever the number I come up with in the moment, you know? Um, but the experience for that looks amazing. You make it yourself. It's a conveyor belt of parts. You go and you pick them up, you bring them to the, to the place where you put it together. And, and they even have like, um, screwdrivers for you and obviously they're star wars themed and things like that so you put it together and then all of a sudden it comes to life and and if you want to go that further step and by further step i mean you want to you know pay more money you can get a personality chip and you put that in and, and the beeps are different and you know it's just a whole experience and i think that's what's so amazing about this land so far is that you know, whether it be your own lightsaber or your own droid, you know, which is something that you wanted, you know, because you know Luke Skywalker had R2D2, and so did Anakin, and and you know now I guess you, or Poe had BB8. You wanted your own partner, you know, you wanted your droid companion, and and now you can do that, you know, and and they can interact too with the other droids that are there at the outpost. You know, if they're just rolling by each other, they can actually
1: talk to each other and. It's just, it's amazing. It, it it's really amazing. Yeah, and that's what just adds to the experience. That's why I think Disney is so far. Even though we haven't witnessed it, but from everything we've seen, they've knocked it out of the park. they they were they were counting on people to just be in love with the experiment experience and creating it to where you feel like you're in Star Wars. Yeah. You're actually in one of the movies, or just like in a regular day in the life at, on at the Black Spire Outpost. So, yep. I think that that having a droid Depot and everything is gonna it, it it improves that experience and makes it even better and as we as we transition here to the food it's it's much much of the same I mean some of the things that are named they have drinks named one of them's named the fuzzy Tauntaun. everything It's just like you would think something would be named that while yeah. you live in the Star Wars because I mean. There are drinks in obviously here in real life, I guess you could say, that are named just after funny things. And th- that's what you would expect if you actually were to live in that universe. So I think that's that's something that's going to be great. And I mean, having Oga's Cantina and Ronto Roasters and being able to choose between blue and green milk as a, as a Star Wars fan, that that really that really makes me happy.
0: Yeah, and surprise, or maybe not so surprisingly, because it's iconic. You know, the most isolated cantina. Obviously, this isn't it, but that was, you know, when you watch those movies, that is cool. You know that you know this is a place where where scum and villainy come together. You know, and <laughs> and they hang out. And I'm not surprised that Oga's Cantina is the most popular uh place right now at Galaxy's Edge, and I'm sure it's going to be like that because the line for that goes out the land sometimes i've seen pictures i've heard people say you that's the first thing you want to go to even if it's in the morning the first thing you want to go to is the cantina because it's going to fill up and these drinks you know you got the i'm looking at the breakfast drinks you know there's drinks you know for certain times of the day and i'm seeing the bloody rancor you know um that's awesome the black spire brew the blue bantha i mean it's it's incredible you know and you got the Bespin Fizz. I mean, just amazing names. And, you know, we're not of age to drink these, most of them. but Not yet, not yet. Not yet, but one day we will. And I'm excited. I mean, the Outer Rim sounds cool, you know? Just all these, I, it's incredible, you know? And it even goes to the Blue Milk because that's something that a lot of Star Wars fans, including myself, wanted to try when they watched the Star Wars movies. You want? You were like, man, I wonder what... What blue milk tastes like, you know, and then in The Last Jedi, they introduced green milk, and it's like, I just want to try that. And now you have the opportunity to do that. And I think that it's incredible.
1: It's yeah, I, I mean, as a kid, I don't know if you did this as a kid, but we would, you know, look up. I remember when Star Wars was, I mean, it's it's always been big, but like when the prequels were coming out and everything you know how advertising on the back of cereal boxes and everything goes with like what's popular mm-hmm. and everything. Like there's a lot of stuff. It's it's June right now, 2019. If you, whenever you're listening to this um, and toy story four is coming out and toy story four is probably one of the most advertised things on every day, regular, like regular day household items, yeah. whether it's toilet paper, paper towels, uh, Paper plates, cereal boxes, everything. So it's just like when Star Wars was around that, like doing that, um, on the back of one of the cereal boxes, they had the recipe for blue milk. And Mm -hmm. so I remember me, my mom, my friend Kyle, we all decided one day that we were going to try and make blue milk. Now it tasted like regular milk with a little bit of blue dye in it. But (laughs) I mean, as a kid, that's better than regular milk you're drinking blue milk ex- from the movie exactly so seeing seeing star wars create a blue milk which for i mean for those who who are lactose intolerant and everything uh it does not have dairy in it so it's everybody almost everybody can try it i mean i'm assuming that there isn't anything else in there that most people are allergic to or can't can't consume but with it not being dairy it's it's they made it for all Star Wars fans to to enjoy. And it'll be kind of cool to try and see if it tastes a little little differently than what uh, what I tried when I was like six or seven. Yeah. Yeah. And,
0: you know, again, another another restaurant, you know, moving from Oga's Cantina is Ronto Roasters, which um, I'm sure you guys have seen pictures of it. But the meat is being uh, grilled or heated by a pod racing engine. You know, that is what is actually cooking the food. And you see one of the robots from, um, from return of the Jedi, you know, on, um, on Jabba the Hutt's barge, you see him, you know, slowly turning the meat and, you know, all those Easter eggs, you know, there's a thread on Twitter about all the, the Easter eggs. One of them is actually uh, the helmet and the gun from the soon to be released Mandalorian Disney plus show, you know, so that's cool as well. But, uh, you know, Ronto Roasters, you can get the Ronto Wrap. Um, and actually, what I want to try the most is the Tatooine Sunset drink, which is unsweetened tea, lemonade, uh, melon, and blueberry. I mean, not something that you would think would be something that someone wants to try the most. But for me, you know, I'm a big iced tea guy, so that's definitely one of what I want to try the most while I'm at Galaxy Z. And,
1: I mean, if you think about it, the Tatooine Sunset, think about it, it's unsweetened tea, lemonade, Melon and blueberry, D- that those colors make me think of the way Luke looks at the two suns, or the two moons, or whatever, whatever anybody wants to call them here, at the in A New Hope. And mm-hmm. I mean, I'm assuming the colors probably come out the same. Assuming that's why it's called the Tatooine sunset. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm probably a little bit more curious of to see how it looks, but I've always been an Arnold Palmer guy. I know that's usually sweet tea, but, yeah, I know I'll be trying it, considering it, it's listed here as $5.49, which for a drink at Disneyland is probably a steal at the moment. <laughs> um, yeah, I will definitely be giving that a shot.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm sure when we go, Chris, you and me will be trying a lot of things, even if it's a bit out of our comfort zone. You know, there's a couple things on this – on these menus that i'm looking at and i'm like i'm not too sure about that but it's star wars i gotta i gotta immerse myself in the land so let's do it you know let's try it
1: 100 i will want, i'm totally down to try anything and well hopefully we'll we'll get a get a nice podcast in when we eventually go i don't know when we're planning on going but it will happen it will happen live from Galaxy, <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that much, but it will happen it will happen and i'm I'm really looking forward to trying out a lot of these new things, and I mean, like you said, there's Easter eggs all over the park. I did see a video on one of the first first uh days it was open they had. Uh, the a first order officer yelling at people, and Kylo Ren coming down from his ship and entering. Mm. And I can't wait to see how the Disney, I guess you call them, cast members, even though they're employees, um, how they how they perform at their job and mm-hmm. see how they do it because they've always done a great job with everything else. And now that yeah. it, with its Star Wars, you know, you see all the stormtroopers walking around and everything. I'm just really excited to see how that all plays into the whole experience i'm sure it'll play in a big time to- like a big big amount but i like i said i can't wait for that
0: yeah and you just you said kylo
1: ren ship is there i mean we haven't
0: even talked about that there is a life-size millennium falcon in this land. exactly there is a life-size a-wing uh Pose x-wing is there kylo ren ship i mean just the amount of of the execution and the detail that has gone into this park from the pictures that we've seen it's it's incredible and it looks like it's definitely going to be worth it. It's going to be worth that that uh, admission price to Disneyland.
1: One hundred percent. Honestly, I mean, I would pay that much money just to be there, exact day. So it'll it'll be exciting. And um, is there anything else you wanna you wanna go over with this whole park? Because I I don't know what else to say other than I really cannot wait to go.
0: Yeah, I mean, of course we're we're not going to be able to talk about everything because we're not there and i'm sure there's so many other things that we're not going to be able to mention unless this would be a three-hour podcast <laughs> we Go to every detail of galaxy's edge would, we're just going to have to discover it when we go
1: Yeah, which that three-hour podcast may happen following our review of the land yeah. when we go see it but exactly. for now we're not there so we can't quite do that
0: exactly and hopefully by the time we go uh, rise of the resistance will also be open. So we can fully experience what the, the full capacity of, uh, of the land. Exactly. Exactly. So,
1: um, I would like to bring us into one of our, our segments that we were, that we're going to plan on doing here in our podcast. It's called, what are we watching slash? What have we watched slash? What have we read? We got to come up with a better name for it, but we do. But yeah, what are, what are we watching? What are we reading? Um, it's kind of goes over cuz we're big we're big fans into obviously Star Wars movies, TV shows, books of some sort that has connections to it all. So this is kind of where we get into our recommendations or our what are we watching at the moment? What are we reading? The Star Wars book Alphabet Squadron is coming out here in the next week. We will both we both have already ordered it. We will be reading it and we will be giving our reviews and our our, I guess, reactions to big plot points in it, and um, but this is going to be kind of going over what we've watched, what we think you should watch, and uh, I'll give you the first first look at it, Zeno. So give us what you've read or what you've watched.
0: Well, yeah, well, first to talk about Alphabet Squadron, I'm so excited for that book. It just a, another good story that um that I'm just excited to read, and and you know, I as big of a Star Wars fan as I am, I will admit that I am not fully versed in all the canon i think that's very hard obviously extremely books with comics with with the tv shows with the movies obviously the 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 shows and the movies are a little bit easier but then when you start getting into all the books and things like that it gets a little tricky but um i've been doing my best to to start reading the books and i have read a couple i've read uh, lost stars by claudia gray which is a great book Uh, i've read um last shot which is a, a book about um Han Solo and Lando, it kind of goes back and forth between after return of the Jedi and, and uh, a little bit after solo. Uh, But what I just finished reading, Chris was um, star Wars most wanted, which is a book about it's a pre And it just gives a little bit more backstory on uh, a young Han Solo and Kira. I really enjoyed it. Um, I'm pretty sure I'll be lending it to you when, when we see each other again, when the semester starts, but, um, I really liked it. And before I start reading Alphabet Squadron, because I I believe we're supposed to get that book June 11th, uh, I'm reading Star Wars Thrawn because I haven't uh, gotten into Star Wars Rebels yet because I wanted to know a little bit more about this character who apparently is a great character in Grand Admiral Thrawn. And this book is a prequel to Rebels. So I'm going to be reading that. Um, I'm in chapter four right now. Still got a long way to go, but I like it so far. And then... Movies, you know, we're talking about just every movie. We're not just focusing in on Star Wars. And uh, on Saturday, I watched Ma with Octavia Spencer. Uh, I thought it was all right. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't watch it again. But it was definitely a uh, a good – it was a good popcorn, popcorn movie, if you
1: will. And uh, I enjoyed it, and that's really it. So what about you, Chris? So, yeah, um, as Zeno mentioned earlier – uh that we like all sorts of things. Um I've always been a big Marvel fan, which I guess lends into me being a big Disney fan because it seems like everything is owned by Disney nowadays. But um <laughs> so I've been a big Marvel fan. Obviously I mentioned my mentioned my excitement for Avengers Endgame earlier. Um I just uh Zeno's been trying to get me into the DCEU <laughs> as much as he can just simply because Man of Steel, I, did, I didn't I did mind Man of Steel that much, but when Justice League came out and Batman vs. Superman came out and they just weren't good in my eyes, it just it kind of discouraged me. So he forced me to watch Wonder Woman, which I thought was fantastic. There was nothing against watching Wonder Woman other than I just thought that DC hadn't figured out the movie side of things. But it was a fantastic movie. So tonight, actually, I will be watching Aquaman for the first time let's go which will cover all of the movies i will have seen all of them all of the dceu movies after what after i see this one and um so far i think the best one has been Shazam wonder woman's up there but i still think Shazam probably did its best job but um i'm hoping they can get their act together because who doesn't like superman or batman honestly yeah. those are those are great great characters and aquaman with Jason Momoa i'll i'm going to watch it for the first time tonight And we'll see how it goes. Speaking of superheroes, Captain Marvel was just released on digital HD. So I did end up watching that for the second time. I hadn't seen it since the day it actually came out. I saw it on opening night. And um, I'm not going to lie, I was a little let down the second time. The the first time I was really excited for it because you just wanted to see how she was introduced, how she was going to tie into the quote-unquote biggest superhero movie of all time. Um, with Avengers Endgame, but I mean, it was, it was a good movie. I I'll give it that. Um, but it is there, it doesn't come with it. It it comes with its own flaws. That's what I'm trying to say. If I can speak, but, um, yeah, no, I, it's not a bad movie in any way, but you know, I, maybe I expected it to be a little bit more. I feel, I'm not sure if you have seen it, Zeno, have you seen it? I have not. Okay. So, um, it takes place in 1995, and you just you want to know how she ties into the whole Marvel Cinematic Universe. And one of the key plot points they throw in here, which I'm sure you've heard or you'll you'll see. I'm not spoiling it for you. If you haven't seen Captain Marvel, stop listening right now, I guess. But um, <laughs> I mean, it's June. Come on. But um, they throw the Tesseract in the movie as a big plot point. And it just kind of seemed a little forced, in my opinion. I'm not; It's not necessarily a problem, but it just seemed like, oh, there's the Tesseract, so they must have something to do with all the other movies. Because, I mean, Nick Fury was already in it with Sam Jackson, and Phil Coulson was already in it. So I just think that they probably didn't need to have that element in there. And then at the very end of the movie, it didn't bother me at the time, kind of bothers me now you find out Nick Fury calls the Avengers the Avengers because her nickname on her air force pilot plane or air force plane was Carol Avenger Danvers. So I thought that was like, okay, I mean, it doesn't bother me that much, but it's, there's more to it, but this is a star Wars podcast and I won't get into it, but yeah, those are the things I'm going into. I do plan on reading a little bit more like Zeno does because I'm not big into Canon, but, um, yeah, Alphabet Squadron probably will be the first Star Wars book that I end up reading, but I am really looking forward to it and honestly can't wait for it to get to my house.
0: Yeah, I mean, we even got the, the patch, you know, the, if you pre-order it, you get the patch. So I think we're kind of full on
1: with uh, Alphabet Squadron. So. 100% and all the reviews have been phenomenal. So it's been a while since I've sat down and read a book. So this is, <laughs> is going to be, be an interesting one. You might be illiterate at this point. Exactly. So, we'll I, I may not be able to read. So this, <laughs> stay tuned for the next couple episodes because it may get interesting. Okay. So another segment that we have is uh, do
0: or do not because there is no try in Disney. <laughs> and there are a lot of rumors swirling around about future Star Wars projects, things like that. And one of the bigger ones uh, right now is that the Game of Thrones writers are uh, writing and they will be directing – a star wars old republic trilogy and or at least that's the rumor that it'll be old that's the rumor yes and you know that's something that once disney when disney acquired star wars um they kind of they erased all the the previous canon that became legend and then now they're trying to fill in their own canon and something that they haven't even uh touched or gone into is the old republic so you know this is where we have the opportunity to see guys like darth bane or uh darth revan you know these these characters that people really like but they just haven't you haven't seen them in shows or you haven't seen them on the silver screen so chris what do you think is this a do or or a do not for disney
1: oh this is 100% a do the old republic has always been a has always been an era in star wars that i feel like has just been people throw out the words old Republic and you kind of go, yeah, I know what you're talking about, but you don't really know what they're talking about because it's, it's such an, it's such an area that they could do anything they want. They can make any characters that they want. They could do any, like, like you said, they, that those, the stories of the old Republic are no longer canon. So they could, they could create new characters. They could, build off of the characters that were already created but that's what that's what i like about this this is such unprecedented territory that they can just go in and do whatever they want and tie it into star wars and it's really exciting because with the skywalker i guess you call it the skywalker saga is that what we're calling yeah. it now mm-hmm. um there it kind of seemed like a set of rules like oh there's these characters that kind of run the storyline there always have been You know, there has to be a Skywalker, you know, Leia is that remaining Skywalker at the time, as we, as we talk right now. So it's, it's not that they definitely shouldn't throw out the idea, but I'm totally open for it. And I think they should definitely go ahead and try it. If the first movie flops, I guess we'll have to see, (laughs) but um, I'm definitely down for it. What about you?
0: No, yeah, I'm
1: I'm I'm all for it. You know, obviously
0: uh after Disney acquired uh twentieth Century Fox, uh they um, they revealed their movie schedule, so we're gonna be getting them not soon but close enough. I believe it's twenty twenty one. Is that the next one? Or is it twenty twenty two? Uh I believe it's twenty one. There 'cause they're they're changeable with avatar because it's 2021 then avatar the next year then dis then star wars then avatar so uh fairly soon you know i'm assuming that now that game of thrones is over the script is starting to be written and and we're starting you know we're looking into to potential actors you know to play and I, i think i'm all for it you know and i really hope that this is something that they that they go with because it's a blank canvas and it's something that you could introduce new aspects of star Wars and, and you could even answer a lot of people's questions, you know, that go into the old Republic. We don't know where, um, I don't know if this is something they would want to do, but if they want to maybe play it a little safe and give fans some, uh, familiarity with, with what they're doing, you know, we don't really have an origin story for Yoda. Um, Darth Plagueis is still a question mark. You know, those are definitely things that you can, can go into if you, uh, decide to do something
1: about the Old Republic yeah I, I would definitely be more up for the Plagueis idea than the Yoda idea just because I feel like Yoda is a character that is so it's not that they shouldn't do anything with Yoda anymore because they are going to be continuing the Clone Wars TV show and Yoda Yoda's clearly got to be a part of that but um, mm-hmm. Yoda's not an untouchable character but I feel like he's a character that he probably doesn't need an origin story that yeah. he can probably I mean Obi Wan deserves a movie before Yoda probably does, but um, I would agree with that. Um, but... That's definitely something we can get into along the lines. But I definitely think that there is a lot of territory here that they can go through, and just like like you said, just experiment. Why not? Mm-hmm. They got all the money in the world. They're owned by Disney now. <laughs> they really do. Yeah. So I so... I'm excited to see what what the future holds for, especially this trilogy. I don't know what's happening with the Ryan Johnson trilogy. The rumors have not been looking great, but um I'm just excited to see what they're gonna do here in the next coming years. Yeah, that's another do or do not the Ryan Johnson trilogy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll we'll decide on whether that should happen or not, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> have you seen Last Jedi? Okay, we're
0: we'll talking about <laughs> Last Jedi. <soon. laughs> so well, I think that's gonna do it, Chris, for our
1: first um our first episode of Death Star Radio. Yeah, we uh we appreciate you guys listening to our first episode and uh this should as long as everything goes as planned, we should be releasing these weekly. And uh you can come here to hear our reactions on the latest Star Wars news and maybe if you're looking for some recommendations for things to watch or read, listen to our what are we watching slash reading slash read slash watch this section <laughs> that we haven't named yet? But um yeah, so definitely definitely stay tuned in. Um follow us on Twitter at Death Star Radio One. Unfortunately, Death Star Radio is taken. Um but thanks. Yeah. Whoever that was. <laughs> yeah, so definitely give us a follow to stay updated. We do polls, we post memes, we post cool Star Wars content. So go Daily too. Daily. We we try to keep us updated up to date as we can so we appreciate you guys uh listening because i mean honestly otherwise we'd just be talking to each other and nobody'd be hearing us (laughs) yeah exactly so yeah um thank you guys for uh for listening and we hope to see you guys next time yep may the force be with you everyone